Booyah. Green fruit, baby. Yeah. Yeah, how we doing tonight? Great? Solid. Solid is good. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of doing solid. Yeah. We're going to do these listeners a huge solid. We're going to give them an episode today. Good. Great. They better like it. Yeah, they better fucking like it. Or else. Or else. Well, you know, do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Keep listening to more episodes. Yeah. Just keep. <laughs> or else we'll yeah. keep making them. Yeah, that's right. Straight into your feed. We're gonna feed you some more. Or maybe yeah. we're just gonna come find you and put inject fucking water in your brain. Yeah. You better listen. We're gonna make you a melon head. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. Let's what do we it. Got? All right. Well, you will find out. I don't know why I said it that way. You <laughs> will find out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was thinking of Dracula Drive. Uh-huh. Because, of course, a place called Dracula Drive has nothing to do with Dracula. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's right. broke you. Oh, scary. Like it's, Dracula. Its real name was like Velvet Road. It's like, I mean, people, why do people do things? I don't know. Well, if you live in Saline County, Illinois. I don't. Well, what I'm about to discuss is nothing new for you. If you live in the rest of the world and have not been jacked into Illinois monsters, if I'm being honest, I wasn't until I really started doing these weird and fear deep dives. Right, yeah. And now I'm all in. It's in my blood. There's so many of them. There's so many. Oh, what's this do? Type, type, click, click. <laughs> sir. Oh, my. Five oh, hours Oh, there's later. ten monsters oh, here. Oh, my God. Wow, interesting. Here we are. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, what follows is my hella hot take on what has been called... The Tuttle Bottoms Monster. All right. The Illinois Daily Register stated that former Harrisburg Police Chief Gary Crabtree, good old Gary Crabtree, Gary Crabtree, all right, said that his department received approximately 50 reports over 28 years of an unidentified beast in the area northwest of Harrisburg, some reporting a creature with two legs and some with four. Because, I mean, why be consistent? Right. I mean, it could be something just standing up. Why not but I mean, three? Call I mean, it an average. Oh, man. Three would be great. We only, we only got one three-legged monster. Yep. Cute little horror. Yep. Cute little Enfield horror. What mm-hmm. a guy. Most described it as having a long, almost anteater-like snout. Now, that's a new development. That is. On August 6th, 1963, the Harrisburg Daily Register reported what has been considered the first report of the creature. Quote, Saline County Sheriff James L. Thompson spent a busy night last night starting at about 11 p.m. and ending at about 4.30 a.m. The sheriff said he ran across a youth at Tuttle Bottoms, which is a street, about 11 p.m. The young man was armed with a rifle and told Thompson that he, um, and told Thompson that there was a monster loose in the bottoms. Okay. Cool. He said it was eight feet long, four feet high, and had a nose like an anteater. The young man put his rifle in his car and left. He wasn't shot? No. The (laughs) cop's like, all right, get out of here. Oh, okay. Well, Thompson wasn't done. And later, Thompson ran across about a dozen boys armed with shotguns and other weapons, all looking for the, quote, monster, quote, in the (laughs) bottoms. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. He just stumbles into this. Their sheriff soon dispersed the boys and sent them home. Now, I'd like you, 
speaking to you, mm -hmm. um, to travel back and imagine the hysteria surrounding the Cole Hollow Road monster. Oh, yeah. The witch hunt, which oh, was yeah. cut short because someone shot themselves in the leg. Yeah. He got too excited, running through the woods with a gun. Yeah. Boom! Whoops. Yep. Ruined yep. it for everybody. Bad trigger safety. Like He's, I believe I said he should have brought a pitchfork. Pitchforks was a huge um, a huge topic in that episode. Yeah. It was very important. I think, think we saw. I think there was a spike at sales of pitchforks that week all across Probably. the nation. Because like, get ready. Yeah. Get ready for some fun. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> so yeah. Now so picture that hysteria. Okay. Um, now de-age everyone by at least ten to fifteen years. Mix full-on monster excitement stupidity syndrome, which I am doing now. I am announcing that that is an acronym I am coining because it is M E S S or mess. Oh, what a mess! It's a mess. <laughs> We got a mess going on here. So whenever we hear about people running around being crazy, it's a mess. Mm -hmm. Again, monster excitement stupidity syndrome or mess. Yeah, hashtag that. So mex mexin. Mixin some messes with teenage <laughs> hormones um, and the stupidity that entails. And oh my God. I think calling this police officer a hero is an understatement. He walked, <laughs> They could have shot him. They yeah. all had shotguns. Right? Oh, shoot, we kill a police officer. This escalated quickly. <laughs> oh, God. Uh-oh. Well, now what we do is, now let's cut up cut up his body and hide him in the woods. Yeah. Now we made it way worse. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Holy shit. All right, now I did tell you this was going to be a hot take. Oh, yeah. I got a hot take, a hot opinion on this monster. Most monsters I'm not opinionated about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool, monster. Right. Got some opinions here. All right. Now, what I find frustrating about this monster is that he seems to be punching above his weight class in Illinois lore. I tried desperately to find any transcripts of these 50 or so reports to the Saline County Police Department anywhere online. But it's like there's nothing. Yeah. Nothing. The only summary seems to be what the Wikipedia says, which is what I had read above, how I started this episode. And it also said that the Tuttle Bottoms monster is around seven feet long, four feet high, and has the face of an anteater and can stand upright, assuming a more ape-like posture. That's it. So, okay, that's cool. All right. So, what do I do? I set out to look for, I don't know, you know, anything else. Anything. Anything else I could find on this creature. Oh, I'm looking it up on the map. Yeah, uh huh. Look it up. You just you're and, gonna you're gonna see some stuff around there. You better just keep it to yourself oh, for a second. Yeah, okay. Keep it to yourself just for a second. Uh -huh. But now we're on the same page. <laughs> there's a lot. There's things over there, huh? Yeah, there's yeah. things. Oh, there's things by Tuttle's Bottom, huh? Mm -hmm. Okay, Saline County. Interesting. Just yeah. Keep, keep looking at that map because it's gonna be important. Oh yeah. All right. So well, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, so I was looking for anything else I could find on this particular creature. Well, as you can imagine, I just might have found um, some more ambiguous monster sightings in the same area of this creature, because this is Illinois, mm -hmm. and Illinois is going to do what Illinois does. More on that map you've looked at just a little bit later, right. but that's right. that's cool. good, because, yeah, what's... Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are we going? Yep. Are we, are we returning somewhere? Um, I think we could go a few places. Uh, we absolutely can. Um, yeah. Also, I looked this up. Illinois is number 16 when it comes to potential Bigfoot sightings. 16 out of 50. Higher than I would have guessed. Mm -hmm. Washington, Oregon, those ones take the cake. But 16 is, I mean, top 20. Mm -hmm. Just got scared out of the top 15. 
with the first ever documented sighting dating back to 1883. From the Saturday Herald, September 8th. Now we're jumping away from where you were just looking for this article because I feel it's worth mentioning. It's the first ever article about a Bigfoot-like creature in Illinois. I feel we need to know about it. Yeah, I want to know about it. We're going to Decatur, Illinois. So three hours north of where you looked at on that map. Right. Um, It is available thanks to the archival work of Bigfoot, I call him this, Bigfoot bibliographer Stan Courtney from his website stancourtney.com. Um, I mentioned it later in this episode, but he is important um, for he... I used his stuff to find a lot of the Cohomo stuff. Okay. So he's he's good. And he's got a... Yeah. His... Uh, from his affiliated... And from an affiliated website, quote, Stan Courtney has a special interest in wildlife audio recording, and he has attended numerous BFRO expeditions. Just for drama, dramatic purposes, I'll tell you what that means later. BFRO expeditions. What's that? Well, I mean, you can imagine... You can probably make up what it means in your head, and you're probably pretty close. <laughs> Bigfoot research operations. I mean, yeah, it's basically, <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it is. It's actually Bigfoot field. The the F is for field. I mean, guys, why is it gonna be that complicated? Yeah. Anyways, big feats. Now, like I said, yeah, big feats. Decatur is not near Saline County. Um, so, but for posterity's sake, kind of my preface I just talked about, we're gonna talk about. We're gonna. Do you know what this article was for the first ever Bigfoot sighting in Illinois? Uh, yeah, big feet. A roaming madman, startling experiences of an Illinois lady with a wild naked man, as <laughs> naked as the day he was born. <laughs> okay. Well. Centerville, Illinois, September 4th. A wild man, naked as Adam, has been roaming around the country in this vicinity for several days, causing intense excitement and consternation. Whoa, who's getting excited here? <laughs> I mean... And who? Everybody, I guess. Just, well, <laughs> just different, just different vari- <laughs> variations of excitement. Several Illinois ladies, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Calm hello, down, ladies. Jeez. Hello. It's a madman out there, he's all right? Ma- yeah, he's a, he's a psycho. Don't talk to him. Yeah, look at the size of his feet. Yeah, They're huge. Yeah, stay away from his huge feet. That's why <laughs> don't look at anything else but his huge feet. Yeah. Stay away from everything else. Do not look around his waist. <laughs> His feet are big, and we don't like people with big feet. Yeah, from now on, we will call him Bigfoot. <laughs> Named it. Yeah. Well, he's got a big something. No, no, feet. <laughs> the feet are what's important here. Yeah. He's not big. T- no, what? No, no, no. <laughs> he's big feet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> among the farmers' families, that's clearly saying... Men are upset about their wives getting excited about seeing this giant naked man running around. Families and like their kids. No, it's their wives. We talked about just little, little, uh, little big feet envy going on. Maybe. Uh-huh. Do you want to know more about this wild naked man? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> his long tangled beard and matted hair, his tall, athletic form, and the fierce look of his eyes make him an exceedingly unpleasant person to meet in a lonely spot. I mean, I think somebody's trying to write some Bigfoot erotica right here. Hey, hey bud. <laughs> oh, not in a lonely spot. What's up with the, you know, where your clothes go? Yeah, you're real hairy. You want to shave? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. What is, sound like a madman. Yeah. He is begrimed with dirt from head to foot, for he never gets a bath except when it rains or when necessity compels him to wade a creek in search of prey. So that's a, that is clearly a sentence from the 1800s. Yeah. It's good. Begrimed. Gotta bring that word back. Yeah. 
Uh, here we go. He was seen by the wife of Dr. John Saltenberger, who lives about three miles west of this place. Mr. Saltenberger was returning home shortly after nightfall and was near... The, the sentence, the word says Stelzelried Farm. So, okay. Sure. It's a farm. The wild man crept stealthily out of the orchard and when near the buggy made a rush to stop the horse. The lady gave the animal a frantic cut with the whip. So we got a woman whipping a naked creature here. Oh. Just, and he bounded along the road at a furious pace. But almost before she had recovered her breath, the wild man had overtaken her and leaped into the vehicle from behind. Huh. He uttered not a word and seemed immediately to become as badly frightened as the lady herself. Oh, shit! <laughs> what are we t- oh, I didn't expect this. Yeah. He sprang down and ran rapidly towards the woods. A telephone message, that's what you'd call the a telephone message, was sent to Belleville. We ain't calling people yet. We call them messages. Yeah, sure. Hey, just give me a telephone message later. Yeah. Interesting. So text message was How about that? a lot slower back How then. How about that? It's called telephone message because people are used to doing, like, you know, telegraphs or, like, and now we have phones that just send words to people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't talk to you. Yeah. It, F. Yeah. You. Yeah, F. You. Sent. <laughs> Done. Emoji. Yeah. A telephone message was sent to Belleville yesterday asking the sheriff to come and capture the creature. I think we, I think I sense a mess coming on. <laughs> Young men of the settlement are searching the woods in every direction. Oh my God. But some of them are not over anxious to encounter the monster. Superstitious persons declare it to be the ghost of one of the Stelzelried family, five of whom were murdered and robbed about eight years ago. Others are puzzled to decide whether it is the missing link or an escaped lunatic. First ever Illinois documentation of a potential Bigfoot. And a mess. And a mess. First ever documented documented mess. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> now that was a fun aside, but let's leave Decatur and jump back to where we were three hours south from that city, back to well, that county, back to Saline County. Sully, Illinois. Baby. Yeah. Also, I was, I had posted some of these links on message boards just for fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And in the past, we've called Central Illinois, Southern Illinois. And while it is south to us, Peoria is not Southern Illinois. No, fuck that. It's south. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I'm on your team here. Uh, but Saline, yeah. Massac County. Our stories, our stories today take place at the very southern portion of Illinois. Yeah. Today we're talking about just the tip. The deep south. Illinois. This is southern Illinois. And again, when it comes to reports and documentation of the Tuttlebottoms monster, I really wish I had access to those police reports. Yeah. I mean, you know they're full of rambling and amazing nonsensical details. Oh, yeah. Just pure chaos. Can we, uh, what's that form called? Details a civilian has not had the pleasure of savoring, so maybe we should file a Freedom of Information Act request. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, what, about, what do you know about the Tullbottoms monster? Yeah. What? Where are you guys from? <laughs> yeah. This is what this law was invented for, guys. Yep. Tell me about all these monsters. Yep. All the reports about a creature that might be like an ape and have like an ant in your face. Oh. How old are you guys? <laughs> yeah. Does it fucking matter? Can I get these, please? Yeah. All right, well... Let's travel to Saline County, 1994. 
This account was first reported in 2005. Sounds intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And it is as follows. I've reported a vocalization experience which happened approximately 11 years ago in the same area. Regarding this following report, I'm submitting it on behalf of my nephew, who is the primary witness and who experienced the sighting. So here's another story of somebody who told somebody something, and this person says to tell other people. Mm-hmm. So not the, not the main eyewitness, but this is what his nephew told him. Um, well, continuing about the guy, the uncle. I'm just going to call him Uncle Sam. Sure. That was unintentionally patriotic. Yep. All right, well, Uncle Sam said, I discussed this experience with him and questioned him at length about his sighting. I can confidently endorse this young man, knowing him to be intelligent and level-headed, with no previous history of exaggeration or embellishment. He is 14 years old, a high school freshman, and has lived in this area since his birth. However young, he has a substantial amount of hunting and wilderness experience, and he is familiar with the indigenous wildlife of the area. He contacted me by phone, he sent him a telephone message, yeah. On the evening of the 18th to discuss his deer kill, along with his unusual sighting of the morning. I followed up with him in person today, November 19th, 2005, to reconfirm his account prior to posting the report to your organization. Oh, we, we jumped up here. His account follows. Well, it sounds like the internet's, this guy finally got access to the internet. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, remember when you had that thing in the yeah. woods? You know, just tell me about it. Like, he's probably like, all right, sure. Right. All right. Quote, in the early morning hours of the 18th of November, prior to dawn, I prepped my hunting gear and left my house. So now this is the nephew, of course. Mm-hmm. My deer stand is approximately 600 yards behind my parents' home. Directly behind our house is a large open field with an estimated 250 yards east to west and 500 yards north to south. The perimeter around this area is a medium growth forest. I was walking back to my stand on the far edge of this field along the edge of the forested tree line. I had parked my ATV at the tree line and began to walk the rest of the way um, back and was carrying a flashlight and 20-gauge Remington Express shotgun. As I approached a turn in the tree line, I immediately saw something walking toward me at a distance of about 45 to 50 feet. I can only make out a dark silhouette. At first, I thought it was my uncle who was also hunting in the area behind my house, but quickly realized that it was not my uncle. Not was in caps. Not. Not my uncle Sam. No Sammy in these woods. For several reasons. One, it had no orange hunting vest. That's a giveaway. I was like, your uncle dropped it, in which case, you know, your nephew's running around with a shotgun, you probably should pick it up. Yeah, quickly. <clears throat> that would be bad. Two, it was extremely large. And three, as soon as I saw the creature, it evidently saw me and it turned quickly, then ran into the tree line towards my tree stand. Again, it was extremely large. And again, I'm just going to point out, I'm talking about accounts in the same area as a Tuttle Bottoms monster. Mm-hmm. Is this a Tuttle Bottoms monster or is it not? Well, let's just keep going. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was too dark to visualize any specific features, but the silhouette seemed to be approximately seven to eight feet tall. It was definitely walking on two legs, and it was entirely too fast to be my uncle. 
I'm a dig my uncle. Yeah, <laughs> suck it. He explains his his jab. My uncle is a coal miner who has an ankle injury and cannot jog or run at this time. Oh. It's all right. I know, right? He's not just talking, throwing shade at his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle's too fucking slow. Yeah. He's a, he's a fat ass, my fat ass uncle. <laughs> <laughs> what? Jeez, like, dude. Yeah, wow. <laughs> what if we call him a fat ass and the uncle like, well, I have to recant your whole story. So he, then my, <laughs> nephew, my nephew called me a fat ass. And then he wouldn't stop calling me a fat ass. Yeah, he's ass. like, yeah, his fat ass, my fat ass coal mining uncle. I don't know why he used coal miners like a slur, but he did. <laughs> oh, your ankles hurt. Yeah, it was. I I mean, I was in the fucking coal mine. I fell down on a shaft. Leave me the fuck alone. Oh, you fucking coal miner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's tell about the fucking monster, kid. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> yeah, you little, <laughs> you little shit. Uh-huh. I didn't have any time to shine my flashlight on it or pull up my shotgun to take aim. The entire sighting lasted approximately 10 to 15 seconds, possibly shorter. I didn't notice any smell before or after the sighting and didn't hear any sounds. The creature moved with unusual quietness. It says quietness, but I feel that's wrong. Let's use, you know... Quite. Yeah, he's quite. Oh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> that's quite a situation we have here. That's not an accent. Some monster just take it as a morning deuce. And he's like, oh shit, that guy's got yeah. a gun. Jesus, these fucking guns are all over the place. Can a monster shit in the woods and peace? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it had quietness and stealth. I also heard no footfalls as it ran, but I realized that I may have been too shocked to notice sounds. I then moved to my deer stand where I got up into the stand as fast as possible. Because if there's a monster in the woods, you want to just be... You know, stuck in a tree. I'm sure if it's ape, like it can't climb and get you. Yeah. I mean, I guess you want to be. He's safe. got a gun. Too. That's true. He can aim to high ground. Get the high ground. Yeah. You're right. All right. Then called my mother to let her know that I had made it to the stand and told her about the sighting. Wait, did he have a cell phone in '94? I thought it was '05. Oh. Um, he's like the oh. story. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I mean. That's I what I thought. I didn't have a cell phone then. No, I mean no. I was also not very old then, though. No, yeah. Kids nowadays have phones that young. I don't know how that goes. Bad, I guess. I mean, not good. Right. I don't know. They, yeah, typically says in their telephone messages. When asked if there was any encounters, the witness said. Any other encounters, the witness said. Yes. Had a previous experience years before, and other family members have heard screams. The previous account is a little long, but I'd be happy to speak to someone about it. BFRO investigator Stan Courtney performed a follow-up investigation, and the important points, according to Stan, were, and this is Stan speaking, quote, I spoke with a witness by phone and can add the following details to the report. He said that although the lighting was poor, he was still able to tell that the animal was very tall, bipedal, and had an athletic build. The hair was dark black or dark brown. It was too dark to make out any facial features. The witness and his family heard vocalizations five years earlier in the same area. Now. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> now, let's jump to the year 2006. Spring. May. Hell yeah. 2006. Shit. Oh, and maybe I shouldn't have left this out until now. 
but you you do. But do you know where and or what is located in Saline County? You might. I know you do now. I, I think I know what you're getting at here because I jumped ahead and... No, but that's... I like that you did. Started peeking. I like that you did. Do you know what was right next to the last encounter? Do you know where this one also takes place? The one I'm about to read? Do you have any guesses? You don't need to guess. You know. Where are we at? What is it? Shawnee. The Shawnee National Forest. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, baby. We're back. A lot of crazy shit there. Oh yeah. I mean... Dipping our toes back in. Been there, done that. Man, done that. Let's get into it. And if you want to look at the map, you can see where this is, because the eyewitness was in an extremely remote camping site at Williams Hill Pass, which is a 23-minute drive from the Garden of the Gods. Fuck, man. I know, right? You may have been there. The person reporting this to the Bigfoot Field Research Organization is not the actual eyewitness, but the boyfriend of the girl who actually experienced this phenomenon. Again, another situation where somebody told somebody a story and they want to tell everybody about it. The boyfriend was there camping with her and their children, but he missed real in there. This event. The maps now. Yeah, get in there. So they're camping with their children, but he missed this event. Why? The man was asleep. Great. The report says that he had questioned her extensively. So, like, how would you react if your girlfriend told you she heard and or saw a monster? Like, how would you, you know, how would you have reacted knowing you slept through it? That's a good question. I think about it, because when I wrote this, I did. You you should have tried to wake me up better. Please, please elbow me. If you see, if you hear a monster, please elbow me. Yeah. Or, Or... don't you know am i in danger because i'd rather go out while i'm sleeping yeah or can like <laughs> yeah or is this like like does he look cute is he being nice yeah i mean is he just there does he want a beer <clears throat> yeah I don't know. yeah we got beers here yeah or is he doing that weird high-pitched scream thing oh because then we don't we're gonna yeah he's not gonna yeah. no, no beer for uh, him yeah we're out of here no beer for him well considering this guy quote questioned her extensively this leads me to believe that he was acting exactly like i would have acted being real annoying and obsessive about the possibility of missing out on experiencing a monster. <laughs> That's true. I would be, what did you see? Where is it? Yeah. How tall? Yeah. How what? hairy? What did he say? Did he smell? Yeah. Good or bad? How bad? Is his name Seamus? Is his name Seamus? Does he have bare hands? <laughs> is he Irish? Is his well, hair red? Does he want whiskey? Does he want whiskey? Does he? Did he have whiskey in his hand? Yeah. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why are we having this conversation? Huh. Just answer the question. Yeah. Come on. All right. Yeah. Because this guy sounds like he was obsessed. He played a clip of the Ohio howls to her, which she said was very close to the sound she had heard in the woods. Wait. Do you know what those are? No. Would you like to hear them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Well, just... I guess we got a second pass at it, but yeah. How do you, yeah, okay. Obviously some dog's irritated by that. Right, they do not enjoy what's going on over there. And it's a, it's a deep howl. Yeah. It sounds deep. Doesn't sound like a wolf to me. But I mean... Maybe. I mean, maybe. Like a, like a big one? I mean, if you... Also, if you think about it, I'm just throwing this out there to be the devil's advocate Throw here. Throw it out there. There's very wide-ranging dog sizes... Yes. I mean, they could have pitch shifted that. It could be a, no, absolutely. a little terrier barking at it, and it sounds like a lab or something. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, but I mean, that's pretty weird. All right, so... Either way. So this, just know this guy played a clip of this to his girlfriend. Right. And she's what, like, oh. What year is this happening in? Uh, this year is happening in uh, May 2006. Okay. All right. The man's account of his girlfriend's account is as follows. We had decided to take the kids camping at Williams Hill Pass OHV Park. It is a l- rather large campground, over 200 acres, with only 15 or so campsites. Yeah, I just looked at pictures of it. It looks pretty big. Yeah, it looks awesome. It is primarily for ATV trail riding. We stayed over Memorial Day weekend, arriving Saturday afternoon. The weekend was uneventful. All the other campers left by Monday afternoon, and we had the entire park to ourselves. When I awoke Tuesday morning around 7 a.m., my girlfriend says I heard something weird this morning. She said it sounded like one of your Bigfoot recordings. <laughs> so this guy. <laughs> He's one of this guy. He's like all in. Yeah. He's played these with her, for her before. Yeah. She's like, I've heard that sound. You played it for me on one of your Bigfoot recordings. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's one of these guys. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. A sentence is amazing. Anyways. <laughs> yeah there's layers to that that's a lot it's a lot <laughs> yeah. you can tell about this guy uh-huh. uh, she went on to say that she had gotten up at around 4.30 a.m. unable to sleep it was rather hot and humid all weekend while stoking the fire she heard a howl off in the distance which immediately invoked the barking of several dogs off in the distance mm-hmm. she described the sound as being distant yell loud as if amplified to use her word. It continued for about three to four minutes. When questioned as to whether it was just one vocalization or several, she advised that to her it sounded like two or three vocalizations going on in quick succession. So, what did this guy do after hearing this? He grabbed his pitchfork. He took an ATV and headed into the forest in the direction of the sounds, but quickly came upon a fence marking the National Forest boundary and could not continue. Also worth mentioning, um, this is this guy, not me personally. I am an electrical engineer and research scientist, and my girlfriend works for a local police department. He says that his kids did not hear it, only his uh, girlfriend and their dog, who was walking around the campsite, but, quote, stopped in his tracks and looked towards the direction of the sounds, end quote. I was going to say, how do you know the dog heard it? you tell him? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> hey, man, I saw it. It sounds like one of your Bigfoot videos. <laughs> You know, when I heard my buddies in that Bigfoot video, too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, I, I'd translate, but you don't want to know what they were yelling. It was not yeah. It was not good. Some off-color topics there. Yeah, it was bad. It was, it was, it was doghouse talk. <laughs> you know, it's not for you. No humans allowed. Yeah. Uh, BFRO, Bigfoot Field Research Organization. I feel like, man, you just Bigfoot Research Organization, right? 
Yeah. But they do field reports. Anyways, investigator Eric Lester had also conducted a follow-up investigation reporting the same findings about speaking with the witness's husband. Again, neat. But noises, again, like I said, this is my hot take on the Tuttle Bottoms monster, all right? Noises in the woods isn't much to go off of, in my opinion. It's noises. It could be a cryptid, but it could, like, just be anything. Yeah. Now, Virgil Smith is the founder of the animal research organization Shadows of the Shawnee. As of November, uh, as of November 5th, 2010, his group had opened its own investigation. Virgil is not one to speculate without hard facts, but he has an idea as to what the Tuttle Bottoms monster might be. Quote, It stood on two legs, was hairy, close to swampy river areas. A couple had the animal walk up to them, Smith said. Quote, it was more a description of a primate. The animal was not scared of humans. Quote, he thinks that it is an animal released into the wild by the federal government. Mm-hmm. He also thinks that it's connected to similar reports from Massac County, again, in the very southern portion of even southern Illinois. Why does he think this? From Cryptomundo via Craig Woolheater, quote, Smith said a former employee of the U.S. Department of Agriculture confided to him the department had launched an investigation into the Tuttle Bottoms monster. The man also told him a story about the origin of the Massac County creature. Hmm. Huh. Smith believes that origin could be the same as the fabled Tuttle Bottom monster and that it is a legitimate creature, not a monster out of myth. Zach, my frustration continues. Because uh-huh. I drove so hard in hopes I would find even the most insignificant retelling of the Massac County creature origin, but unfortunately that was not meant to be. So what'd you find? Nowhere could I find any traces of what the origins of the Massac County monster were or what the Massac County monster was. Was that it? That it was released by the government? I don't know. Like, is that the origin he means? No, I don't Like, know. I don't know either. He sounds very vague and cool, and I could find nothing on it. Yeah. What I did find, however, to answer your question, were these encounters of a giant creature within Massac County. If there is any connection between these and the Tuttle Bottoms monster of Saline County, or if these encounters are from the creature of Massac County that Virgil and his connection at the U.S. Department of Agriculture were talking about, I have no idea. But what the hell? Let's run wild and go for it for a second. Let's do it. All right. Also, let's just pretend Stan Courtney sponsored this episode because without his sites documenting, these events would remain a secret to the world and this podcast wouldn't be possible. We've referenced him in the past, like I said, about Cohomo. I used Uh some of his links. Um, Those are, for those listening and they're curious to check out things, you can go to stancourtney.com and if you creep around that site, you can go to stancourtney.com. There's a map of Illinois. With, like, all the counties. Mm-hmm. You can click them. And I'm just saying, man, there's a lot of cool stuff there. All right. And BFRO.com, you know, Bigfoot Researchers, Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization.com. Uh, but BFRO.com. All right, so, Massac County, on the opposite end of the Shawnee Forest, near Metropolis. Uh-huh. It's summer, 1985. Reported February 8th of 2013 took place at 11 p.m. 
quote. When I was probably 10 years old, was the very first time I ever seen it. I saw the back motion light come on. I ran back to the back bedroom and peeked through the blinds. He's 10 years old. Mm-hmm. I was digging in the trash cans. Burn barrel? Oh, I wasn't. Hilarious. <laughs> you, you lost me for a second. I'm back, though. I was, yeah, I lost myself. It was digging in the trash cans. Those guys went and had a good time. I ran mm-hmm. out of the bedroom so I'd go to the trash. Yeah. I was a monster. It's me all along. It was Trash Day. I think we talked about Trash Day once. It was digging in the trash cans, burn barrel, and eating and taking the trash bags and throwing them on the ground and digging around again. I then ran back to my own bedroom. I never told anyone until about two years ago. Why would you keep that? He held on to that for a long time. All right, so that was in 1985. Let's jump to September 10th, 2010. This was reported by the same individual who reported that sighting from 1985. This time, he was not a boy, and he was not alone. I'm a man. I'm a man. He claims five other people have seen it. He claims there are three other sightings on the property. The witness claimed that his story was too long to write. So he opted to call Stan Courtney and tell him his tale. His first name has been changed because I guess he doesn't want the world to hear his crazy monster story. Or maybe Stan's just being courteous. Mm Mm-hmm. What I'm about to read is that transcript. Stan calls him Tom. So we will okay. too. All right. <clears throat> Stan. Can you explain what happened? Tom. Yes. Me and three other people with a five million candlewatt spotlighted one at about thirty yards in a pond. They got a spotlight. Mm-hmm. It was Labor Day weekend, two thousand ten. That was the last time I actually saw it. Me and two other friends were sitting on the front porch. My mom and the whole family was at the farm. We have a big farm in southern Illinois. We only go to it. It's like a family getaway or retreat. People are only down there for four or five days at a time, and it's 40 acres. It is a big apple orchard, and on it, and a farm pond. About 35 acres is in alfalfa and clover. He sat in his own stage. Mm-hmm. We had been out on the porch, but me and one of my friends went inside. His uh, girlfriend was out on the porch. She ran inside and said, quote, Hey, something just flashed in the pond, and it is making all kinds of noises. End quote. So I grabbed a big spotlight. It's a big 5 million candlewatt spotlight. I think it's part of that. I shined yeah. it in the pond and saw it in the corner. We walked all the way to the edge of the pond and watched it go down in the water, meander around, pick stuff up, and it was about chest deep in five and a half foot of water where he was standing. It would bend over, pick something up, and like chew on it, put it back down. We watched it until the batteries went dead in the spotlight. Then we heard a splash, then tromping through the woods. Then we heard boom, 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 and then a real loud bellow. Then behind the house in the woods, there was another boom, 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 and then that bellowing sound. It did it back and forth a few more times. Two more times, actually. What I saw last year, what I saw when I was younger, and what my brother saw, this is more than just a coincidence. I am an avid deer hunter. I am in the woods day in and day out, all day, night, everything. 
I don't go to the woods alone anymore. When I go to my deer stand, one of my buddies walks with me and waits until I get up the tree, and they go to their deer stand. I do not go in the woods after dark. I spent 17 years in the army. Short of thermal, I've got the best night vision money can buy, just so I don't run into one of these things in the middle of the night, because I know they are there. I know they exist. I've seen them with my own two eyes. Damn. Stan. If you put the spotlight on it, why did it stay there? I think Stan's like poking now. Yeah. Tom. It stayed right there because it was chest deep in the pond. It did not run off. Stan. Did you see it come out of the water? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had that inflection when he asked that question, <laughs> but I, I do. Did, yeah. you, did you see it come out of the water? Tom. No. The light died. Of course it did. Oh, right? Uh-huh. And we went back into the house. We only saw it in the water from chest up. You could see the arms, shoulders, and head. As a child, I was never allowed to go into the woods behind our house. Stan. How far are you... Um, yeah, how far were you from the animal? Tom. I'm guessing 35 to 40 yards. He was chest deep. We get it, Tom. He's chest deep in the water. I mean, 30 to 40 yards isn't that far. No, it's not. Nope. You could see the top part of his pectoral muscles, and when he turned around, you could see where his fur split on his back, where his shoulder blades would be. He was foraging. Take four or five steps, bending over, like reaching down. He would pull something out of the water, and he would gnaw on it. Stan. What color was it? Tom. Well, he was wet, so he looked very dark brown to black. Stan. And how tall? (laughs) Tom. Probably eight and a half feet tall. There was about three and a half feet of him sticking out of the water. The next day, I took my John boat over there and and measured the water depth at five and a half feet deep. Stan. About what weight? Tom. Probably well into 350 pounds. Maybe closer to pushing 400. It was really, really wide. His arms were huge. Stan. And how long did you watch it? Tom. Until the spotlight died. Stick. And how many beers did you have? (laughs) (laughs) And how many beers did you have? What brand was it? Yeah. What's the ABV? How how long were you up that day? Yeah. Gee, dinner. (laughs) Did you have a good meal? (laughs) Were you smoking anything? Mm Mm-hmm. Stan, did it look at you? Tom. Yeah, yeah, it turned around and looked at and looked right at the light. I feel Tom would have got excited there. Mm-hmm. You could see his eyes and face, everything. You could see everything on that creature, from his hair to his armpits. He had dark brown skin underneath. His armpit was a little lighter than the rest of his skin. I mean, you could see everything. Everything. Stan. <laughs> when did you hear the sounds? Tom, within 20 seconds of his hearing it come out of the water. Yes. Then we hear boom, 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 and then a roar. An ungodly roar. And then from completely on the other side of the farm, there was a boom, 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 and then the same roar. Now, what might this roar sound like? Well, Zach, in May of 2013, these sounds were being heard alongside the Cache River within Massac County, and outdoorsmen caught these sounds on his trap cameras. All right, let's hear it.
wait for it. That's not it. Yeah, he was scaring some turkeys in the beginning there. Yeah. All right. Huh. Yeah, well, that was fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. One more. You can see just like little trap cameras in the woods. You can yeah. see from the YouTube video. Of course, nearby where this is happening. He's walking around here. All right. He's in the woods. There's a guy in the woods with a camera. Mm-hmm. I mean, that one sounds like a dog. Sounds... Yeah. What did that sound like? Not quite right, but yeah, all right. But well, that one could be a little bit more, like what believable? Yeah. Or Bigfooty? Well, less Bigfooty. Less, yeah, exactly. Than the okay. first one, right? But, yeah. All right. So speaking of like trap cameras, back to our story. Quote: mm -hmm. We had four game cameras up there on that place, and all four game cameras have either been chewed up, smashed, or even the SIM card would not read or completely disappear. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, breaking report here. That sounds convenient. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everything we used to look at is broken. Oh, everything, huh? Yep. And like, when you go out of your way to say even the SIM card would not read, you're man. Come on, man. What are you fucking doing here? <laughs> I went and bought the M80 blackout tree that has no flash, thinking that I am going to be out with this thing. It's gone. I went through $400 worth of game cameras on that piece of property, and the three that got smashed were smashed to obliteration. It's weird that these things know what game cameras look like. Right. Going to take my picture? Going to break it. I know mm -hmm. what that is. Stan. The odd part of this encounter is that the animal did not attempt to leave when the spotlight was on. As soon as the spotlight lost its power, the animal left the water and started vocalizing. Perhaps the animal felt like it was less exposed by staying in the water. That's kind of like a little aside that Stan hmm. wrote for himself. How do you feel about that? I don't know. If they're breaking cameras, you feel like... Yeah, how do you feel about that? That exact situation? Yeah, I'm not, not buying it. Not good, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... yeah, not good at all. No. Were these sightings of the Tuttle Bottoms monster? What even is the Tuttle Bottoms monster? I still have no idea. I think it's shenanigans. I mean, the only thing... And I believe the only reason it stands out from other abominable swamp slobs, that's right, the Turtle Bottoms monster sounds like an ass in more ways than one, Yeah, is its we're, anteater face. We're calling this monster out. Right? It's cryptid. We're calling him out, saying he, you're not real. He has an anteater face. That's like the only reason why he's cool. Yeah. Like, oh, that's different. Nah. Cool. Right? Yeah. That's the only thing that gets it onto all these Illinois monster lists. When I feel maybe it's been placed there unjustly, maybe. Yeah. He's, I mean, come on. He didn't do his time. How many monsters have we talked about where there's a lot of shit? Yeah. And a lot of craziness. Whether the Enfield horror is real or not, that's a lot of craziness. 
Kohomo, yeah. a lot of craziness. Mm-hmm. Tuttle bottoms here. Yeah, what's he got? Little tuttle, tuttle he's a, bottoms. He's a poser. He's a phony. Yeah. Even as fake monsters go, there's not much here. But maybe we should be glad he's probably not real. Maybe we should be happy about that. Yeah. Because, well, if something that looked like him existed, well, he may very well have been just a normal, real anteater. Like escaped from the woods, from a from a zoo or something. Right. Like if that guy's talking about they released something into the wild, maybe it was just some yeah, animal. The, just... the U.S. government released an ant eater yeah, into the ahead. woods, and people chased it down with shotguns. But <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of kids. Gotta get it. Yeah. And the sheriff's like, "Go home." Yeah, go home, please. Yeah, get out of here. But, well, if it was a normal ant eater. Maybe that's something. Maybe, maybe, maybe they got lucky. It wasn't even a normal anteater. A little anecdote for you: Brazil, 2012. Giant anteaters kill two hunters in Brazil. Whoa! Giant anteaters in Brazil have killed two hunters in separate incidents, raising concerns about the animals' loss of habitat and the growing risk of dangerous encounters with people. Are they dangerous? The long-nosed hairy mammals are not typically aggressive toward people and are considered a vulnerable species by the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, IUCN, largely due to deforestation and human settlements that encroach on their territory. However, they have poor vision, and if frightened, they may defend themselves with front claws that are as long as pocket knives. Yeah, so they got big claws so they can dig up anthills. Oh my god, yeah, they have giant claws. So what if they get scared? The case studies of two fatal attacks by giant anteaters were described in the journal Wilderness and Environmental Medicine, which released the paper online this month, ahead of its publication in the December print issue. I looked up these pictures, by the way. They're not good. They're bad. <laughs> okay. you know, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Both were farmers. Wait, bad as in quality or bad no, as in bad as in they look them. they look dangerous, like the, yeah. the little pocket knives into. Because mm. I'm about to tell you what how these guys died. Oh, okay. Just imagine those kids encountering a scared anteater. Like, these, this could have happened to them. Mm-hmm. It could have been bad. Yeah. Both were farmers, were hunting, and were attacked by wounded or cornered animals. Lead author Vidal Hadan of the Batakatu, that's how that's spelled, School of Medicine at Sao Paulo State University, told AFP. In the first case, a 47-year-old man was hunting with his two sons and his dogs when they came upon a giant anteater in northern Brazil. The hunter did not shoot at the animal, but he approached it with his knife drawn. Why? So he's trying to uh, defend his kids with a knife against a creature who has pocket knives for hands. Yeah, why Why don't you just back away and, you know, Leave. If, if you need to, you got your gun. Well, the anteater stood in its hind legs and grabbed the man with its forelimbs, causing deep puncture wounds in his thighs and upper arms. Sounds about right. The hunter bled to death at the scene, said the report, which noted that the encounter happened on August 1st, 2012, but had not been described in the scientific literature until now. The other case involved a 75-year-old man who died in 2010 when an anteater used its front, its long front claws, which, like you said, typically help it dig into anthills. Yeah. Harmless. Yeah, to puncture his femoral arteries. Located in his groin and thigh. That's important. Oh, shit. It went, it went straight to the source. Ugh. 
A newborn giant anteater rides on the back. Oh, that's just describing a cute picture from the oh. caption. So we I, don't, like, I don't need that. Wait, is that how they spawn? They, they rip open a man's femoral <laughs> and a newborn anteater rides forth from the... <laughs> from the deluge of blood. They cut him open, laid its eggs, and it erupted. Yeah. That's an ass... That's Aztec god shit. Oh, my God. It's erupting from a 75-year-old man. He's an older man. He's lived a good life. Yeah. I've picked my victim. He, he, he got struck by lightning, so... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... He'll he'll have a good death. Yeah, I mean, these injuries were very serious, and we nope. have no way of knowing whether it is a defense behavior acquired by the animals. I said I think it was a defense mechanism. He stre- he uh, he stressed Hadad stressed that such attacks are rare, but said they are important because they show the need for people to give wild animals plenty of space. Yeah, it's a fucking wild animal. I mean, right? <clears throat> the article says easily startled giant ant eaters. Um, this is just for me. I'm trying to pronounce this. Mirmi Kopfagaga <laughs> tried Dactyla. <laughs> what? That was just for fun. Oh. Trying to speak is Latin. That like the scientific name? Yeah, just trying to. Yeah, so we'll stick with giant anteaters are believed to be extinct in Belize, El Salvador, Guatemala, and Uruguay. Some 5,000 exist in the wild and can be found in parts of Central and South America. So. Different parts, like they're extinct in the area. Well, I was curious how yeah. big giant is. Yeah, how big would he get? About what? Uh, what's the size about? It says males are seventy-three to ninety pounds, and females are sixty to eighty-six. Oh, geez, how tall are they? Does it say uh, that the height? Probably, but I gotta open the article. Oh, you're right. Go ahead. We got. We're all right. We're doing fine. Because I'm just curious how the height. But I mean, that's up. a pretty big dog. Like, a, if you think about it in dog size. Yeah, absolutely. Uh huh. It's a good-sized dog. It is a good-sized dog. And a dog that can stand up and stab you? Yeah, a dog with knives for fingers? Yeah, finger knives. Uh, Up to seven feet long. Interesting. So if that's to, that would be around the size of the creature that we're... This monster we're hearing about, allegedly. Six to seven... Well, that number throws me off because it's seven feet twelve. So wouldn't that be eight feet? Oh. No, it's a, just a weird conversion. Oh, got it. Five point nine seven feet, or s- up to seven point one two feet. So, oh, like seven, in that range. So, like five to seven feet. Six tall. to seven feet, basically. That's, okay. That's about how this creature that we're talking about is about. Yeah. Um. But the yeah, they range in length. Yeah, four to seven feet. So yeah, they're saying this. Cre- I mean, the other guy described what he saw as like four hundred pounds. But yeah. that was, I mean. And he's in the water. Well, and he said it was that? a biped, though, but like, right, giant, wide thing. Right. But then we got other people saying it's quadruped. Yeah, there's two. So I mean, if the energy stood up once and then got back down, it could be cited as having two legs or four. Like, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Overall, their numbers have declined about thirty percent in the past decade due to habitat loss, road kills, hunting. Wildfires and burning of sugarcane plantations, according to the IUCN. Giant anteaters eat mainly insects, but they also enjoy citrus and avocados. That sounds fun. According to <laughs> zookeeper Rebecca. <laughs> I also enjoy those things. Yeah. Minus the ants. Yeah, minus the ants. Less ants, more Never avocados. Tried. Yeah, more, more avocados. Don't eat the ants. Mm-hmm. Past. Right. There are animals that can, quote, Rebecca Lowe said, there are animals that can startle quickly, Planes going overhead, chainsaws, leaf blowers can startle them. Who's throwing chainsaws around anteaters? That's what I want to know. 
somebody that's living on the edge there. They're like, what happens if I chuck this chainsaw over here? Oh, oh, oh surprise. Oh, it shit, got... it killed Grandpa. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Pass. Yeah. Thank God I get hit by lightning. Yeah. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Don't talk about I was nowhere over there. <laughs> it wasn't my chainsaw. Hashtag not my chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. The way they de- the way they defend themselves is by standing up on their rear legs and swinging their front legs in from side to side. Yeah, she explained. Yeah. Now you tell me if this doesn't sound like the creature from those initial reports. If it's standing up, swinging its arms back and forth, two legs, ant eater face. That's my main sticking point because people made mention he's got an ant eater face. Right. Yeah. Tunnel bottoms looks like a giant ant eater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have incredibly uh, muscular forearms, and those claws are several inches long. Yeah, because they're digging up animals. Uh-huh. But, I mean, you flip the script, that thing's a terrifying beast. Yeah. Oh, shit. Zookeepers generally avoid being in the same space as the animals, coaxing them into separate fenced-off areas when they approach their living quarters for cleaning. She added. Anteater expert... Oh, that's a... Flavia Miranda. It's a resume booster right there. Yeah, Flavia Miranda, who works with the animals in Brazil, said she was c- concerned that the journal article could cause more woes for a creature that already faces plenty of threats to its livelihood. <clears throat> Excuse me. Quote We have a lot of problems with this species because people believe that they bring bad luck and kill the animal on purpose. She told AFP in an email. Hmm. Again, Zach, who's the real monster here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not even like they're scared they're going to kill things. They bring bad luck. Yeah, Come well, on, guys. I'm not going to win the lottery if that anteater is going to be hanging out in yeah, the basement. Quick, let's, let's, let me get Jimbo and get her guns and shoot his ass. Fuck you. Yeah. All right. How many bullets hit him? All right, pick her numbers. We're going to get her tickets. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How many limbs do we blow off? All right. Four or three. In what order? Four or three? All right. Quote, but I understand the importance of the article because recently I also had an accident with a giant anteater that almost cost me my life. Holy oh. shit. And Flavi yeah. is an expert. God damn. So it's been building to this. So here it is. My hot take. All right. Why is the Tuttle Bottoms monster a thing and why do I think he's stupid? Am, yeah. I, am I overreacting? I don't think so. I know I just kind of told you about him, but, I'm, yeah. but I mean like that's all I got to tell you. Right. I bring stories to you to tell you stories. And I ended up to, to flesh this out. I read an article about anteaters who killed people. I yeah. mean, that's cool to know, but I got nothing here, man. <coughs> Bless you. Well, and uh, um, I think I can help your argument a little bit here. Please do. At the beginning of this episode, you said there were two, maybe four legs. Yeah. Nobody was sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I said... I said, let's make it an average of three. Yeah. So then I perused the map a little bit. Yeah. You know what's not too far from there? What? Enfield. It's all there. Like, it's right <laughs> fucking there. So why don't we call it an average of three and, you know, maybe say it's the Enfield Horror. Man, Just we can... a little bit of a vacation. We can make him real fancy. He was wearing a funny mask. He's on Halloween. He's yeah. on He's on a holiday. Yeah. With his anteater mask. He's trying to live it up down in the... The Tuttle Bottoms? <laughs> Who doesn't want to live it up in the Tuttle Bottoms? And then he's like, fuck, it's the same down here. It's like, oh, they, Christ. All these kids got guns. Yeah, just, these are teenagers. Shit. Yeah. Son of a bitch. I just want to shred fences in peace. Right. And shoes. Yeah, and shoes. 
I was gonna say saplings, but that's a different guy. That's uh, okay. that's that's Murfreesboro. But guess what else is around there? <laughs> yeah, it's right fucking there too. The Shawnee National Forest, man. What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? So yeah, am I overreacting? Should I not even care this much? Am I just pissed? I came across some real nonsense, unbelievable Bigfoot garbage. I watch those stupid fucking made up videos on YouTube. It's like, <laughs> what the fuck is this? With hope in my eye. Yeah. Oh, what's that? Oh, just a man mowing in the woods. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Cool. That's not. That's a fucking person. Because that guy has got other videos, and like one of the YouTube comments was like, "I can't believe he finds all these cool vocalizations." This one guy, yeah, I can't believe it either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just him. That guy had all these videos. I mean, what? The I'm fuck? the only one that can record these. Yeah, I got them. Yeah, so I don't know what's worse. Recording yourself making moaning sounds in the woods and trying to make people think it's a Bigfoot or being the person who wasted his own time listening to it. Who's the real ass? <laughs> <laughs> so we're calling out the Tuttle Bottoms monster, right? That's that's what I'm doing. That's my purpose. Phony. Yeah. Poser. Yeah. yeah. If you have any other stories about this creature besides the bullshit I dove into here, please email the show at weirdandfeardpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you got I have pics nothing. of him being a poser. Oh, my like, God. Yeah. Yeah, give me, give me those... Give me those those trendy hipster poser bullshit monster crap. Or, hey, you know what? I don't care. If you want to record yourself moaning in the woods, send me that audio file. Yeah. That's fine. I'll get pissed and listen to it. <laughs> get real upset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, to show you how scattered the journey was in making this episode, um, yeah, I'm going to close with this addendum. This episode has an additional story, all right? Because this is an encounter that is often associated with this story, um, and it comes from Bruce Klein, because it happened around Tuttle Bottoms. So I'm going to tell you this story, and you tell me how similar it is to an anteater beast that you may have seen in the woods. Bruce Klein is a retired police trooper who spent time in Iraq and Afghanistan and is leader of the Little Egypt Ghost Society. Little Egypt is, of course, a southern Illinois town. Right. In the 1960s, Bruce's Bruce's story. In the 1960s and 70s, many high school kids would go to Tuttle Bottoms to drink beer and quote make out quote. Fucking debating. Hell yeah, lots of debating. Absolutely. It was rumored that some murders took place in the Bottoms because, of course, parents warned kids to stay away from that area. I remember one hot summer night in the late 1960s when our sitter took me and my brother for a ride through Tuttle Bottoms. As we crossed the bridge over the middle fork of the Saline River, a large creature that resembled a prehistoric pterodactyl swooped down at the roof of the car, circled around, and followed us for a short distance. Oh, hey Oh my God. Our sitter floored the... That's my oh my god, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Our sitter floored the gas pedal in her old car and we flew down that dark gravel road as fast as it could go. It was quite some time until I was brave enough to go back to Tuttle Bottoms. I mean, this is me now. We're back. This is the Shawnee National Forest we're talking about here. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, what? Pterosaur? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thunderbirds? Pterosaurs? The Tuttle Bottoms monster can't shapeshift. This is a fucking Thunderbird attack. A lot of accounts talk about, and then the Tuttle Bottoms could shift shaved into a pterodactyl. No, this is a different creature. It's unrelated. Yeah. I tell you, it's a hot take. It's the whole area spooky. Yeah. There's a lot going on. It's a spooky place. I'm not surprised that a Thunderbird would like swoop around and be like, ah, oh shit. Right, yeah. I'm in the woods and around the Shrine National Forest and a Thunderbird attacked me. 
Yeah, not shocking, to me at least. Right, yeah. It's not the same. The creature had a wingspan from 10 to 20 feet. It chased the car. Apparently 5 to 10 miles through Tuttle Bottoms, onward through to Raleigh, Illinois. Damn. The leader of the Southern Illinois Monster Hunters team, Zach Sturg, or Blimp, came across this video. Wait, what? That's his name, Wait. I guess. It's his nickname. Oh, okay. He calls himself Blimp. I'm assuming because he sees all. I don't want to go where else that could go. Blimpy? Why someone would call him Blimpy. <laughs> yeah, Zach Sturg's real Blimp. Yeah. It's like his online handle. He I mean, he gave me some kind of in- cool information. He did a little bit of research, so I'm not going to shun this guy. But I don't know why he's called Blimp. <laughs> I have no idea. Could be one of those nicknames. Sure, I have no I-, I have no idea why he's called Blimp. Sure, Blimp. Yeah. Well, Blimp had emailed Bruce about this incident. Bruce said it looked like, quote, a prehistoric pterodactyl with a 16-foot wingspan. It also occurred around the Big Muddy River. You know it did. So you know who else could have been lurking around here. All roads, every monster I'm talking about here is not the Tuttle Bottoms monster. It's every other monster we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. And this was the late 1960s. Researching the Tuttle Bottoms monster, yeah. It kind of pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Pisses me off. Yeah. Tell me stuff. I want to look for stories to tell people. What do you got for me? Oh, nothing? Yeah. But what can you do? It was, a, it was an anteater that got out of the zoo. It, that's all it was. It stood up once. Somebody saw it, ran back and told his friends, and they all got their shotguns. I also learned um, that when there's only like three primary sources on a monster, that most people's thoughts are the fucking same. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's the same take. Yeah. I mean, so maybe I when I got... It's and like I, one interviewer, and he's like, hey, what'd you see? And they're right. like, oh, I saw this thing. Stood up. Oh, yeah? Well, cool. what'd you see? Oh, well... Oh, I saw a thing with an anteater face that stood up. Oh, so... <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, so it's this monster. It can four legs, two legs. <laughs> and then everybody who reads that account, because, I mean, I really would like to see what would happen if I filed for an information, Freedom of Information Act for Salem County Sheriff's Department about monsters from the 1960s. There's like 50 reports. Where are they? I don't know. I'd like to read them. Because that, that's what I hope to do when I set out to do this. I'm going to read all these reports. I'm like, oh, I'm going to come back with little anecdotes. This guy saw it by a tree. This guy saw it looking at his mailbox. This guy saw it reading the paper. Like just, this guy saw it eating a bunch of ants. Yeah, this guy saw it, <laughs> this guy saw it eating his girlfriend's ass. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> Well, that's what the long nose is for. Stay away from those claws. <laughs> Holy shit. She was yelling, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, maybe I'm just rebelling with my hate. Maybe I took it to heart too much. I don't know. Maybe that's why it was hard for me just to have fun with this crazy monster. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should give him a second chance. I don't want to. There's no other chances. Yeah, he blew it. I got nothing else to do. Huh. Right, like how? What else could I find out about this guy? Unless I get those reports, I mean, just go nothing. hang out in Tuttle Bottoms and I see mean, what happens. Which I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's the uh, the Tuttle Bottoms monster or lack thereof of the Tuttle Bottoms monster. The Tuttle Bottoms phony. The Tuttle Bottoms phony. Poser. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I, this is my last script thing to close it out. Yeah. So, anyways, how about those anteaters that murdered people? 
Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know what the one dude, he's like, oh, shit, we got this thing cornered. I should probably try to calm it down by lowering my gun and walking towards it with a knife. <laughs> and probably, like, <laughs> making stabbing gestures. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, shit. Oh, I'm bleeding. Oh, oh I'm God, I'm, Oh, I'm just with my kids. So then his kids have to watch them bleed out and die next to their dog. Yeah. And the Andrew's just like... Yeah, I'm going to go eat some ants. See ya. Yeah, bye. bye. Later. Yeah. Munch down on this avocado. Yeah, this avocado was sweet. Crush it with some ants. You know, he delicately, like, slides, like, his finger, like, down the... His his knife finger down the edge of the avocado just yeah. to cut it, and he's just, just pops the pit out, sticks his tongue in there. Yeah. Well, Tuttlebottom's monster. He's an <laughs> Illinois monster. The only one I think I hate. Yeah, I'm not. Because I mean, I, he, that, I I literally gave you everything I could find. That's all I had. There was nothing. Yeah, I, uh, he's a little lackluster right now, but you know, maybe he's a. Uh... Maybe we'll find more in our future dives. Possible. That would be nice. But I uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if we file those Freedom of Information Act, Saline County, send mm-hmm. them an email. Hey, yeah. can, I, can you tell them about these monsters? And, like, and like I was hoping it would just be, like, made, like, this is clearly just a made-up story. But then the made-up story is cool to talk about. Like, this guy said he saw what? What yeah. a lunatic. Right. Yeah. No, none of those. So, Tuttle Bottom's monster. That's it. There you go. Anteater. Cool. Yeah. We're in feared. I'm weird. Nick. That's Zach. And Feared. And Feared. That's Zach. That's Zach Weird. I'm Nick Feared. Yep. Those are cool names I shouldn't have said. We'll leave those alone. Yeah, that's I mean, fine. If you want to call me that in real life, anybody, you can. Yeah. That's all right. I'm due for a new fake last name. Yeah. All right. It's about time. Yeah, why not? All right. But yeah, you know what you need to do right now because the podcast is over? What do I got to do? Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Go get it.